Welcome back, everyone, to the first and last Family Guy analysis podcast on the internet. It's a bonus episode, and this is what I've been looking forward to doing for a while, in part because we tried it before and it didn't work out. So we're doing it again with another episode on top. This is a double feature on When You Wish Upon a Weinstein, the first banned Family Guy episode, and Family Goy, uh, another Jewish-themed Family Guy episode. And to join us, we brought along two guests. First, we got my girlfriend, uh, Angie, a.k.a. Nostiket on Hello, Twitter. hello. I do and, the music for this series, too. Yes, they do the music for the series. That uh, punk cover on the opening is them. And we've also got a very special guest here. We've got Felix Biederman from This Is Sus, Chapo Trap House. Um, Felix, thanks for joining us. Uh, my pleasure. Um, this was... Uh, it was very interesting to watch Family Guy again. I don't think I'd watched it in literally a decade. Well, that yeah, actually it's very much a teenager thing. That, that actually transitions nicely into something we do for all our guests, which is uh, Felix. Would you like to tell us your history with Family Guy? Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm I'm older than everyone here, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah we're all early twenties. Yeah, By a couple years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So I watched Family Guy when it first came out, and when I was a kid, I thought it was like the smartest shit I'd ever seen. I was like, you also liked West Wing. Yeah, well, I was a really like nerdy kid. This is really embarrassing, but uh, I liked like 1940s radio plays when I was like nine. Like yeah, I thought so they were imagine, they were like very witty, and I was like, this imagining is imagining liking all that dumb like old Hollywood so, stuff. So yeah, one of the guys who, when it was first airing, actually got the obscure references Seth was making. That must have been interesting. I got a lot of them, and so like because that's like probably was my first experience like as a little kid because a lot of simpsons stuff flew over me when i was younger uh because i was also very young during the golden age of the simpsons but family guy was old enough where i could put two and two together and so just the fact that i could recognize things i thought it just put me on this higher intellectual plane so i fucking loved it and i I remember being so pissed when it got taken off the air and then i remember watching it again when i was like 17 18 and being like this kind of sucks, <laughs> but I guess Family Guy was, was worse then. Because and I actually yeah. watching these two episodes because one season three and one season or one season two, right? Three. One season, season two. two. Production order. It was released up in between season yeah. three and four. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the one is the one in season two. Leagues better than the one in season eight. Leagues really? better. I don't think that's super surprising. Yeah. I don't know. I am I'm a big fan of like the whole uh kind of season seven, season eight milieu. So I honestly I had my problems with both. I, I thought the season eight one hit a little bit better, but I, I, I can see why like some would come from like the earlier stuff better. I, I prefer I think I'm uh, with Ty in that I, I I like everyone on this podcast aside from um maybe Angie because I don't know about her feelings. Agree and you Felix agree that like seasons like four through seven is peak family guy. Um, I think eight is very clear that like, cause uh, season eight, uh, we haven't done the episode on that yet, but it's also clear they, they changed showrunners in this. So it's, it's also interesting that this is a very different style of family guy than we just finished recording. I would say that neither episode is really like a great representation no, yeah. of its era. Like no, both are yeah. kind of just mid, mid episodes, but I think they are both like very good, like as a, as a duo because of how much they contrast like the the like i think season i think the episode family guy is a much has funnier episode with a lot better joke writing but structurally 
when you wish upon a Weinstein, by the way, not about Harvey, not, not about Harvey. Um, when I, yeah, when I first saw that episode was banned, I thought it was about Harvey. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's a much better setup episode of television overall even if the joke writing isn't stronger like it has a much clearer three-act structure i do want to i do want to say i do want to say you said you don't know like my position on like what seasons of family are family guy are best i just want to say like to me the whole concept of like ranking family guy by season is an abomination and a form of worship (laughs) of ball (laughs) probably accurate yeah angie before we get in any further why don't you you already gave this on the sense deleted episode but what is your history with family guy okay so my earliest memory of family guy was just like being forbidden to watch it by my parents who were like evangelicals um Yeah. yeah meanwhile the first like exposure i had other than like just being banned from watching it was just like um going to middle school this catholic school and like the teacher calling on all the students and like asking hey what's your favorite uh tv show and like every single one of the boys it was just like going family guy family guy family guy family guy family guy and just like i was like the only person in the room who was like identified as a boy and not liking family guy yeah I, that, that, Felix, I think you were the first guest we have ever had on the show that was not banned from watching Family Guy because of your age. Oh, no, yeah, well, I was, I could watch anything. I, I was the youngest kid by many years, so I got away with a lot more than my brother and sister. Like, I watched Terminator 2 when I was, like, six. Like, oh, yeah. younger, young, youngest That's kid. Probably, yeah. Yeah, youngest kid parents don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I had a friend who's who yeah. the oldest kid parents. They got to watch Commando when they were five. So, you know, it's, it's... It, I guess it yeah. varies family to family, but I think the thinking was with my family, like my brother and sister tr- turned out uh, very smart and competent. And with me, it's like, right. yeah, we can have one that kind of sucks. <laughs> it's fine. We're batting at like two thirds. That's okay. Right. Uh, or maybe, or maybe they just thought they're like your, you know, your brother and sister came out so smart. Maybe they're just like, okay, we like our genetics are good enough that we can do whatever with him. <laughs> that, yeah. that might have been it too. But I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Listen, I don't. Th- I don't know. We are, listen, we are we are shooting magnums. Like, we <laughs> yeah. got this. Yeah. We, we um. Uh, so yeah. let's get into these uh, two episodes. The first one uh, we talked about, we plan to do like its own bonus episode on it, but we realized like 15 minutes into recording, there just wasn't a ton to say because it's a like it's just a pretty normal episode of Early Family Guy. There's some good jokes, there's some bad jokes. Um, uh, it, the reason why they pulled it was they were worried it was too anti-Semitic, which is really funny considering what they would do yeah. later. Oh yeah. Wasn't, yeah. Wasn't what they were in the, re- the other episode. Yeah. Wasn't but wasn't also part of the reason why they pulled it because of the song they were worried that like Disney would sue or something. Which they did, which we'll get into a little bit later. Yeah. Oh, okay. I might have been mixing them up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I think like some of the jokes and when you wish upon the Weinstein were pretty decent. I think like the best joke was obviously just like um Lois being like uh, you're like a child, and Peter going, well, if I'm a child, that makes you a pedophile, and I will not be lectured to by a pervert. I like that one. I like that one, and I also liked, um, this was, I mean, watching that, the first scene where the salesman comes, 
it, it made me feel for McFarlane in that it's so hard to write a character like that and not just write right. Simpsons spec scripts. Yeah, I mean, we've literally, we've brought up the comparisons between, like, him and yeah, Lionel Hutz a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's oh, just yeah. out Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I, I don't even yeah. mean that with the salesman. I mean, like, with Peter, like, how stu- oh, Peter's yeah. stupid in the exact way that Golden Age Homer is. But I did, right. I did think it was, like, good spec script writing because like, yeah, no. the, the joke that I particularly liked was when he goes, oh, you know, I see... I was going to sell handsome cream, but you're all out of that. But then the yeah. next scene where he goes, I was going to, that costs more than the handsome or cream. I spent on handsome, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it, I think this was the first, maybe you can make an argument for the car one. I think this is like the only time that they've had the salesman on where like I, I legitimately was engaged for the whole time he was on. Yeah, I think. Like, I think it was very good writing. Yeah, the, but yeah, you're always going to tread a little bit on the Simpsons. The handsome the handsome cream joke sorry the handsome cream joke is just like very interesting to me because it has a subtlety that a lot of like later jokes just do not have because you're it actually leaves you wondering whether peter actually bought handsome cream or if he's just dumb enough to think that he bought it yeah yeah there's a lot of solid joke writing in this episode like it's not particularly funny but the structure is really solid. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and I was surprised by McFarlane's restraint, or maybe it was just a time thing, that there wasn't right. a cutaway right. where Peter's buying handsome cream. It was like, good, yeah, you they, believe in that one I mean, enough to like, stand on itself. Right. Well, they were more conservative on the on the cutaways, yeah. I think, before cancellation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People like, give a lot like, of shit yeah. and compare Family Guy and Simpsons a lot. And, like, I mean, I do this, too. We do this all the time. But I think it's, it's much more apparent... Um, in the early seasons, like in the pre-cancellation seasons, that yes, these guys are, are, are borrowing from The Simpsons a lot. Now, I, I think that's also, like, not, like, it's it's both a, a, a problem in that, like, you know, it's, oh, why am I not watching the other show? But in the same thing, like, it you do get some of that Golden Age Simpsons joke writing sprinkled in a little bit. Like, they, they at least understand the formula well enough. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to add the one other joke I really liked, which it plays very nicely with the next episode is how Lois is just like very subtly racist, like anti-Semitic. Like when, when she, when like, uh, what is it? Uh, Peter's accountant walks, he's like, Hey, he's Jewish. And then he says, Oh, how exotic. Like, how properly was... New England of Lois. Um, yeah. I mean, and th- this was very much like, I think they kind of lost it in Family Goy, but so much of the humor in this episode, which was surprising that it got pulled for, like, anti-Semitic shit, so much of the humor, I think, comes from, like, the idea that these, you know, suburban white people are kind of uncomfortable with Jewish people rather than, like, the Jewish people themselves. Yes, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And then they completely blew that up for the next time they were. Well, and, and I'd, I'd argue the, yeah. the the Vegas stuff in the third act is a little bit of blowing it up, though, just like a kind of a pointless anticlimax. But you know, I get what you're coming from. Yeah, I I wanted to add um the I mean before we go on, I also want to touch on that Woody Allen joke because like every time I see that, it's <laughs> very. It's a good joke. It's they went hard. Yeah, I, I, it's solid. I yeah. love that joke. Like, I mean, yeah. just the conceit. I could sort of predict it from a mile away, but the idea of Woody Allen ghostwriting for Farrakhan is hilarious. <laughs> That's like a legitimate. If someone made that joke now, it would be good. Yeah, the- yeah. That that part didn't get me. The the part where it was like it's worse than when I was at the Friars Club and Sunni's retainer fell out of my mm-hmm. pants. That was like okay, you I, I swung also, for that one. Speaking yeah. of Woody Allen, I want to bring something else up. Uh, since we're cu- recording an episode that was technically in production for season two, uh, the re- uh, you might notice based on our, our plot synopsis that uh, Family Guy's own typical Jewish character, Mort Goldman, is nowhere in this episode 
Mainly because he didn't exist yet. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't really a big thing until like season three or four. Yeah, yeah, he he. It was originally his son Neil in the first couple seasons, and <laughs> then they wrote in Mort in the third season, and he slowly eclipsed Neil. And I because mentioned he's a better character, even if oh, yeah. he's just a caricature. Yeah. Um, well, Neil sucks. the one the mm-hmm. the one thing I wanted to add is that I mentioned this on the uh, since deleted episode, but. Uh, apparently McFarlane was extremely pissed that this episode got pulled. Like, he was very upset about it. And I want to believe that Mort was written into the show as a response to so this. He could take like, he's like, who, yeah. he's like, you That's think this possible. is anti-Semitic? Just yeah. watch me. And... Yeah, I and again, I am surprised it got pulled. Like, it's really... Yeah. I mean, this might just be looking back with context. It's not that anti-Semitic. I, I, I totally thing, agree. Yeah. The, o- the only thing yeah. in it where I, I'm like, okay, that's a little dicey, uh, as, you know, worth noting I'm not Jewish, uh, is uh, the, the line, the cut changed line in uh, When you, I Need a Jew, the, the, the musical number in this episode is when Peter goes, even though they killed my lo- killed my lord. That line, it's yeah. like, that's the one time where it's like, you're, it. you're yeah. almost, yeah, they changed it, but like, yeah. I, it's the one time where I'm like, yeah, that might be a bit much, but everything else in the episode is just kind of like, yeah, Jewish people exist. I want to, uh, um, yeah, I want to point out, like, another joke that I really liked that I thought was way subtler than you'd get in later seasons. The shitty dinner Lois cooks. Like, I don't know if this was yeah. deliberate, but I've always, it's always been a joke with me and my family and other Jewish families. The shitty food that, like, a certain type of Gentile cooks. Like, yes. marshmallow and fish casserole. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, I, I remember, like, a yeah. shitty, like, trashy Gentile food. But but Classic I, I remember like yeah. my my grandmother like um, my grandmother's family was like really really close with this Ashkenazi family that we'd go to Seder with every year and um, she learned Jewish cooking but she also like learned American cooking and I remember like the difference between like the Jewish dishes she'd cook and the American dishes she'd cook was that the uh, like. Um, the Jewish dishes were just like more normal looking to me. Like plenty of the American de- yeah. dishes were great, but they were just like, uh, uh, huh? I well, mean, every American dish is like some kind of meat in some kind of sauce, well, and it's basically well, a gamble on like whether or not the sauce that, is at the yeah. It's because like almost yeah. every other like cultural cooking heritage is based on making like. Okay, how do we make more out of less? How do we like properly use the food and resources that we have to make something really tasty out of it? Where American cooking is basically just, yeah, how do we give bored housewives something to do in the middle of the day? Let's just I mean, throw you, everything you make, in a crock pot. You can make going. an argument it's because it's the first empire to actually like be formed under maybe, like conditions of relative, you know, material. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, refrigeration. It's not the podcast, but yeah, um, and refrigeration. Yeah, I I wanted to uh, since. I think we're all in agreement this episode, you know, it's it's fine. It's not super, like, anti-Semitic yes, or anything. Whatever. I wanted to do Structured a... Structured well, it's not super funny. It's not, yeah. A, a little bit of trivia. So, uh, you mentioned this episode did get sued by the writers of When You Wish Upon a Star. And it became, like, a huge fair use issue. And, uh, well, it was ultimately ruled in the creator's favor. Uh, one of the big reasons why they said they sued was... You know, When You Wish Upon a Star is this very innocent song, you know, that people always associate with wonder. And Family Guy is spoiling this this song that's crucial to Disney's brand with anti-Semitism. And no joke, the defense that was used in court by the defendant was, well, Disney has a history of anti-Semitism, so 
you know, you can't really do that. And it worked. Yeah. That's... And I, I, mean, to, I also imagine that worth, working now, though, like I, I, once I, Disney has actual lawyers. I, I also think it's worth yeah. pointing out, um, basically every season after this episode, probably because of the lawsuit, there is one joke a season where it's just like, hey, remember how hey, Mickey Mouse fucking kills Jews? Like, that is a repeated family guy running Yeah, I'm, re- I'm remembering in, um, like, Road to the Multiverse where, like, they go to the Disney universe and they're like, this universe is so great! And then, like, Mort shows up and, like, everyone and they goes, just kill Jew! Him. They just beat him Jew! And then violently. they kill him and he's, they're like, oh, right, this is the Disney universe. I, I think it's interesting, like, in a different timeline, maybe maybe a Family Guy had started in like 2010, you know, and they pulled this episode because I think it's interesting that McFarlane added uh, <laughs> character character after this was pulled. That McFarlane becomes like a based groper. That McFarlane oh, yeah, becomes sure. like the Sam Hyde of his day. Well, that's yeah, well, less every, depressing than he is. Everyone in who was a Bill Maher liberal you, in the 2000s would have become a Groyper in the 2000s. Felix, <laughs> do you know who, who, who Seth McFarlane endorsed? Of course I do. Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, yeah. after Burr being a Bernie guy in 2016. Like, yeah. man, what a fucking boring sellout of a man, Just Seth MacFarlane. Imagine, like, Imagine, like, you know, like, those YouTube video uploaders who just, like, Sam Hyde has lost his mind, so they've just, like, been trying to make videos of, like, Nick Mullen as if he were their, like, based dude, going, like, Nick Mullen exposes the Jewish cabal or whatever. Imagine if they did that with Seth MacFarlane, just, like, (laughs) Seth MacFarlane goes beast mode on the globalist Jewish cabal. Seth MacFarlane and Stephen Mullen, you debate. Seth, yeah. Seth MacFarlane and Kevin McDonald talk yeah. culture of critique. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane goes on Destiny's stream. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane Destiny debate. Uh, we could have had such a different universe. We were so close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seth, uh, I just Seth want to MacFarlane, add, and I do think that's instead Seth MacFarlane just becomes a, a boring boomer asshole who gets mad at millennials' Twitter and bad music. Yeah, um, exactly. Did Did you ever? Um, has anyone ever, this is interesting, actually, has anyone ever listened to a Nazi podcast, you know, besides my own? Of course, I've listened, of course I've listened. <laughs> uh, not podcast, I used to, like, I mean, I've listened to Comptown a couple to, like, times, does li- that count? Or? I used to, like, listen to, like, the Daily Show just for to see, like, what they were on about. Yeah, no, I've, I've listened to a couple just out of curiosity, and I think it's very interesting, they love parody songs. Like McFarlane. He could have, he could have been huge. As a Nazi yeah, well, it's because it's, it's like the kitschiest kind of humor, yeah. it doesn't and matter. like and, Nazism and all, is all about kitsch. And, it, and, yeah. it, and it's also something you brought up, um, you know, uh, in an earlier chapo when you're talking about based Alaska songs. It's like, yeah, how many of these like fucking alt right YouTube guys are just failed comedians and theater kids? Yeah. What is Seth MacFarlane if not king of the theater kids? Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Just like I used to like listen to like all those more Q songs. Like ac- some of them were like actually pretty clever aside from like advocating for the expulsion of the Jews from the homeland. <laughs> I I wanted to I wanted to add that a Seth voting for Pete makes a lot of sense because like Seth was like, has been like a hardline pro gay rights person for like ever. But the thing, it's a very specific type of like late two thousands, early 2010s, uh, pro gay rights stuff where it's just like, Oh, you think it's, uh, gross that two dudes are kissing i think lesbians are hot yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or like or, or your entire gay advocacy is like guess what gay guys are normal yeah they're, cool. <laughs> they're actually I the mean, best just like regular be fair, 
Yeah, it's like entirely fair, based we, we on like cannot, resentment against we, like mean, evangelicals. Oh, sorry. Yeah, which is valid. Yeah, I also I I do think part of why Seth supported Pete is because Pete looks exactly like Seth. Like, <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, they came out of the same mold. Oh. Yeah. God. I uh I'm gonna. Oh, sorry. Go on. I'm, I'm just bringing up like uh, Pete Buttigieg is probably gonna appear on Family Guy at some point, just like how Ted Cruz and Elon Musk have appeared on mo- Modern Simpsons. Just oh God! Shoot us. You mentioned like um, uh, Seth MacFarlane like being a boomer who complains about millennials' Twitter and bad music. Just imagining like the next season of Family Guy getting a like 100 gex cutaway or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> We, we, we have talked pretty ripsodically about the idea of a Family Guy COVID episode. Family Guy COVID, a Family Guy Joe Swanson cop discourse. Like, there's so many topical things that Family Guy can't wait to make bad episodes about. Yeah, I can't wait yeah. For season 19. I, I, we, could pro- we originally planned the structure of the show to be one episode, uh, like one episode per one episode, rather. And I'm glad we didn't do that, but next season there is a good yeah, chance we, have we probably to. could do that. I wanted to oh, move my on. reaction to every episode of Family Guy every Sunday I, after it airs. We're just going to record an episode. It's going to be great. Um, I, I want to move on to Family Goy. And um, yes. so I want to say that I watched this back to back with Angie. I had seen When You Wish Upon a Weinstein before. I'd only seen parts of Family Goy, like the ones that are really popular in YouTube compilations, like the uh, internet porn one. No. I, I uh, wanted to say before we go in is that I remember there was one joke where uh, we saw it with Angie, and we both laughed. It was the one where Peter is like a cat defending his turf. And we laughed, and then Angie looked at me. It's like, you can tell that the writers just got severe brain damage in between these two episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and they got severe brain... Like, I think we, um, we mentioned in the last episode when we covered season seven, because that episode was like end of 2008 to start of 2009. Like, uh, there, that season was regarded then. Like, you can really feel the change in liberal attitude from the depressed, woe-is-us Bush years to the smug arrogance of the Obama years. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is it. Yeah. This is the Obama-era brain rot fully setting in of just like, yeah, we're, we've won forever. Things are just going to be good from now on, guys. And also, a, a list of things we've already talked about. This is also when they knew they weren't going to get canceled. So, yep. like, they, their jokes could be bigger, they could be weirder, and, like... So, I mean, it's maybe it's brain damage. Maybe it's just, like, they not have to pretend like they're so, not brain damaged So, Spencer, I, I yeah. actually have, have two things that I want to say about how I, uh, I watched these episodes. The first thing was, I actually watched them in reverse order since I had seen uh, When You Wish Shalana or I had seen recently. I watched that after right. watching Family Goy. And I think that was a, that was a very interesting experience. Um, the other thing is, uh, since I knew we were doing the bonus episode, this was actually the first episode of the season I watched. Um, yeah. So. Hmm. I um I wanted to add so we noticed how there's like these very subtle jokes in the other one that's kind of borrowed from Golden Age Simpsons where it's like a blink and you miss it with the uh, handsome cream. The style of that like the way that joke evolved into Modern Family Guy is like the kind of like like dry aside where um what is it after Lois learns she's Jewish she doesn't have breast cancer but she learns that she's Jewish and Peter kind of chimes in with breast cancer starting to look pretty good now. Uh yeah, and I, uh, I actually, again, I laughed at that. Had way more venom. I, I also yeah. um, just remembered something I want to say. Uh, you mentioned you saw this on this episode, like a bunch of clips from this from Family Guy Funny Moments. I've seen a bunch of clips from this episode too in Family Guy Funny Moments, which is why I thought this was recorded in like three or four years later. 
uh, in like 2012, 2013. And in that context, I feel like this episode's a bit better, especially with like stuff like the internet porn subplot. It's like, okay, this is this is less bad in a 2009 context than it is in like a 2013 context. Oh yeah, the internet porn thing is like a top ten Family Guy funny moment scene. Yeah, the one yeah. with Qu- Quagmire's just gigantic left hand. <laughs> I've yeah. seen that at least a hundred times, and I hadn't seen oh that. Oh my episode. god, for sure! And it's and it's it's like okay, this is before everyone had smartphones, so the internet was still like this. It was still when the internet was a wild west period, so I feel like you could get away with thinking that joke and not just be like, "Guys, come on, this is like right. this is like making fun of daytime TV or some shit." It's something everyone so, knows. Uh, how about we shift to Angie and Felix, and what did you guys think about this episode? About uh, Family Goy. Family Goy. Okay, yeah. so um. This is okay. Yeah, I think this is where we're going to get the difference in opinion. I didn't find it like offensive, I, because I thought like the main joke was that like Peter's anti-Semitic because of like his dad coming to him in a dream. Because he's a stupid New England guy, right? Raised in the proper anti-Semitic ways. Mm-hmm. Um. But what I did think was it was like it digested worse, and by that I mean like the fir- uh, uh, Wish a Weinstein is like yeah, like. In a complimentary way, Simpsons spec script. That's basically a Simpsons episode. But Weinstein is just like, so Peter, like the whiplash you get that I think uh, sums up later Family Guy. And by later, I mean, you know, after season six. Well, this season is, I would say, the first season of like proper modern yeah. Family Guy. So, uh, yeah. In, in its so he doesn't want Lois, Lois to be Jewish. Then he gets really into it. And then he's super against it. And it's all you have these rapid tonal shifts just so they can like get in the different jokes like because they want to do the mailbox thing and they want to do the crucifix thing and they want to do they want to do all this. And I thought and it's not that. Yeah, it's not that I think anything's like particularly offensive. It's more that it's like, well, I get that it's a comedy and you have less rules of comedy, but I think you need some inner congruity you need some inner congruity so you can digest the jokes there needs to be something yeah Yeah. that's actually very interesting because like spencer and this is the thing i've noticed on the season overall is uh, spencer is a coin to turn about a lot of family guys joke writing before and that it's very slash and burn yeah i think he took it but well he's the one who, who first brought it up on the podcast yeah this uh, season seven to eight has a shift in showrunners, as we brought up before. I don't know who the current yeah. showrunners are. Uh, I can you can f- this season yeah. and this episode is slash and burn taken to eleven. This is when it Absolutely. is just fuck plot structure. We're just telling all the jokes we wrote, and this yeah. is the first season where not all the episodes because season eight, seven, and eight, eight, nine, I still think has some of the better episodes of the show. This is the first season where you really start feeling like you guys just wrote the first draft, didn't you? Yeah, when I, I when mean, I got, when we started, we've gotten that since. Oh, sorry, Angie. Sorry, uh, when I when we started recording, I was just like, okay, I'm pretty prepared to talk about when you wish upon a Weinstein because, like, I have a good idea of like what happened in the episode, the jokes, etc. I have no idea how to talk about family goy because like i i don't feel like it was because something it, i watched it defies structure it's yeah. just things happening like One we haven't the other we haven't even mentioned the first act which involves peter like dating a cutout of a swimsuit model and like yeah. just like as a scene which, where he's like cheerfully burying it in the backyard and it's not even like it's an unfunny thing Lois with it. Like, the stuff where Lois is just, like, kind of just, like, not even surprised by it is, like, very good. Yeah, I just, like, I just, like, 
one of the best visual one of the best gags i've seen in family guy overall is just like the scene where meg tries to get into the bathroom and then notices the shower is on and then sees the kathy ireland cut out being shoved against the <laughs> really <strong>. shower <laughs> I like walls and then peter's yeah. hands suffer puppetry yeah. um i i remember i have i like took i take notes on all of these episodes and I have like all like the pretty coherent notes on uh, when you wish upon a Weinstein, and like the second thing I wrote about Family Guy was just a series of question marks. I, th- <laughs> I think that was when he started singing to the cutout. Oh, by by the way, uh, the Super Friends parody because this ep- episode opens oh, with yeah, a parody of the Super Friends open. intro yeah. does not work. It is a classic example of hey, Family Guy, we're making a reference, and that reference is the joke itself. Yeah, it's, yeah. yes. Um, I, yes. I, I will say I think the and Meg joke the that works for me helps, the, yeah. but it's it's too much yeah. setup for not enough punchline. Yeah. Um, no, that's very fair. Yeah, Felix, what were you gonna um, add? Um, oh, yeah. Please. So that is, I I thought that was interesting because I actually. I blanked out the thing about the cutout because I think my brain couldn't fit it into the same episode. <laughs> and that that's that's the thing. Like, that is what I think about Family Guy. I, I, I have my own opinions on this, and then I have my opinions about why Family Guy is still so culturally prevailing, why it has been so successful and actually influential. But I, I do think that, okay, so the Kathy Ireland thing, yeah, he's – cheats on fucking Lois with the cutout and she's like whatever and it's like that would shouldn't that be like a hard and fast rule that he loves Lois like because like if you're gonna do the conceit that this is like you know a a fucked up sitcom you have to have some internal logic like the husband and wife love each other at, at the, like from the prior season and seasons going forward, there are all a lot more jokes about how like yeah, Peter and Lois have a fucking terrible broken marriage. Um, so there are at least some hard and fast rules with that. But I get where yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think so... like the best yeah. thing that Family Guy could do to legitimize itself is like just starting with the next season, like shift to a more moral oral style tone, where yeah, it it like gradually replaces the zany comedy with just like an intense psychological an- analysis of its characters and by the end it's just <laughs> so like, like the se- early 2000s web comics writing yeah yeah oh god i was about to no i was about to add that they kind of do that a little bit this season with uh jerome's the new the black Brian and stewie episode yeah and they do. And stewie. oh 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 i thought you were talking about season eight. Oh, oh also uh, normally Spencer mentions these, but uh, there's there's a jab at Tanya Harding this up season, and it's like episode, and it's like, who's thought about Tanya Harding in like five years? Yeah, um, well, but that is so the fucked up structure and just no adherence to uh, internal logic. It is like I would say though that Family Guy is incredibly influential to a lot of better stuff because like a lot of the better like Adult Swim products like do follow that thing where it's like there's only like a shred of a conceit and part of the joke it's is how little you you point, give Aqua a Teen hunger force has been going for like five six years and that's already been a much better yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah Aqua Teen hunger force was just is is just like it's it, what family guy should be yeah, exactly it's better than it. exactly just like not caring about like internal logic whatsoever just like going along with okay this is just insane bullshit happening it's 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 too late to turn peter griffin into master shake but they're gonna try and do it anyway the, yeah the, the the thing i wanted to bring up with uh you know felix you mentioned how you know how influential the 
total lack of structure is one thing I think that other shows like, you know, I haven't seen Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but I'm assuming this or even Mortal Oral kind of is that um, they still have to like feel the urge to like tie a bow on everything at the end. Yes, like they have yeah. like feel it. They have like uh, they have like um, Peter and Lois like kind of rekindling at the end of like every episode. Whereas when you get into like more of like weird adult swim stuff, like they stop feeling the urge to do that. And I think yeah. that's, yeah. And well, that's, I think that might just be a difference in format of, like, even if Family Guy wants to be an Adult Swim show, it's still a show that airs on network TV. And, I mean, to be to be fair to Family Guy, I've always thought that kind of, like, the tying the bow at the end, especially, like, given how rushed it is, is kind of part of the joke of Family Guy. Like, it is sometimes, like, yeah. Like, Definitely. Like, I, I don't think anyone's expecting, or I don't think, like, the writers are expecting the audience to be like, oh, look at that, they made up. It's like, okay, well, you know, sitcoms end with that kind of makeup, and, like, we're going to, you know... Do do a very cursory throwaway, you know, explanation of that as kind of like like pointing out how tawdry. I don't know. Also, I've always seen that same same with like the shifting, uh, the, like the shifting focus of the plot or anything. I've always kind of saw that as like a meta joke on behalf of like Family Guy structure. Yeah, the issue I think like like yeah. part of the issue with that is that like Family Guy's early format was like almost entirely derived from the simpsons and the simpsons was a as parody of like a very particular kind of family sitcom that due in large part to the simpsons itself just doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. yeah no i agree um i I, so yeah no i i oh go on felix in my Uh, i think there is an interesting paradox though there's a family guy paradox and it is the Though his brain would be the younger he was, the younger Family Guy and McFarlane were, the more they adhered to their conceit. Yet the older he gets and the more McFarlane becomes like this bitter boomer, uh, hates millennials and kids and phones and all this shit, the more he sort of imitates an Adult Swim-like structure. Well, to be fair, that's also... To be fair, he also hasn't had a big role in writing or directing since season three. That's more the the new writers and directors. I also would uh, I would also credit it to the uh, and it's not to downplay his role in the show since he does voice a ton of the characters yes. and executive produces. But I think that might also be because Adult Swim is re- yeah. the reason why the show is still on. Oh, absolutely, and it's still technically, or at least was before I think it got pulled. Uh, Adult Swim's the most popular show. Um, yeah, and I would I would also make the argument that we're we're talking about how influential it is on like other TV shows, which I think you can definitely see. But the big reason why like Family Guy is still this lasting institution is because it's been very influential on like the youth of America, and I, I think partially like why we still talk about it, and why we still think about it to this degree is because like once it hit that more kind of you know slash and burn you know joke a minute structure, it's like. That is what younger audiences, like, you know, middle school teenagers can latch on to. And, and I think it's, like, the perfect... It came at the perfect time, and it had, yeah. like, the perfect balance between, is, like, the kind of edginess and the kind of cartooniness that is, I think it really endeared it to, like, a generation of people growing up. This is 2009 yeah. Newgrounds mm-hmm. YouTube Flash joke, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. And, and I, that's I, why... And, yeah. And we mentioned this on the pilot episode, but I think we got some new people now, so I'll just add, like... That sort of slash and burn structure is why Family Guy Funny the Moment compilations. Happens. 
Yeah, well, it's why yeah, the exactly it's why the compilations like work so well is because like most Family Guy jokes, you don't need the context of the episode. Like you yeah, need the Simpsons. Yeah, because they're standalone. Yeah. yeah, um, like Peter, like you know, again that one about Peter doing a turf war with a cat. Like I don't need to know yeah, the context of this episode yeah. because it has nothing to do with it. Yeah, you just know that like. Even without having watched a single episode of Family Guy, you are already, like, fam vaguely familiar with the premise, and you just know that Peter is stupid and insane, so... It's it's also why watching Family more than one episode of Family Guy back-to-back -back can rot your fucking brain, because it's like, this is not meant to be binged. This is meant to be watched in short spurts. Yeah, it's meant to be um, watched as, like, something you just, like play in the background while um, while your ADD goes off while your yeah. ADD I mean, goes and given, off and like while your parents kind are of drinking a, um, oh yeah Do but it, given, given oh. so, so before we, we talk about the finale of this so there are a few things in my notes that I wanted to bring up um, the first is I think Stewie gets a lot of good jokes in this episode I like his little <sighs> banter with Chris in the car um, the, the, that, the crucifix that one was good the crucifix joke might have been too far, but I really like the punchline of just cutting to him because Peter destroyed yeah. his crib, uh, cold and on the floor. That was that was really good. Yeah, I think yeah, one I'm, of the best fine. gags in this is just like um, Peter trying to fire at the mailbox and then firing and then firing at Mort and blows me like Mort, are you okay? And they, he's like, Oh no, this is just how people say hello to me. Pfft. Hey Mort, hey Joe. Um, side, side note, uh, I think it's a little interesting that Mort only gets one minor scene in this episode. I, I would have expected them to give him a, bit, a major role as a yeah, character, and it's, I guess not. I it's just if, like... I think if it came later, they would have. I think at this point, they, they were maybe still a little bit touchy about like making they, the Jewish They gave him a Family Guy role two episode a season ago. Yeah, I think Fair like... Enough. I don't the, know. The strangest yeah. thing to me is just like how that joke seems like almost lifted from like a serious man like the dream where yeah. um he, the dream where he and his brother are just like trying to escape but then like the hick neighbors are just shooting at them and going look son another jew yeah i yeah no that does have this came out in like 20 2009 2010 so it can have been borrowed but it's a weird coincidence yeah so uh, um does anyone also also uh, the the Stewie joke uh, that references Temple of Doom? I found really tacky, but the the main thing I want to ask is, um, does anyone have anything to say about that Jesus appearance? That was that was. Uh, I felt like if McFarlane yeah. personally intervened in this episode, it was that moment. That was. Yeah. yeah. It was so indulgent. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because do uh, you remember Jesus' like last line in that scene? Yeah. Yeah, where he's like, yeah, all, that is, all, that is, all religions are yeah. bullshit, and Brian's yeah. like, thank you. Yeah, that is yeah. just, like, so yeah. 2009. It's it's so indulgent. Like, it's, it's so, very much, oh it's the God, same thing that... Evangelicals yeah. are the great enemy of the world. Right. Nothing will ever be worse than And them. it's just like... Well, do you guys remember, do you guys remember the I Dream of Jesus episode where he brought up Jesus, like, to tell George Bush <laughs> off, and yeah. he turns to the camera, and he's like, well, imagine if life was like this, you know? They, and it's they like, steal it's, that from Annie like, Hall, too. That is how they use Jesus. Yeah. They, like, they're literally like, oh, imagine if, like, Jesus was around to justify all the things that I already believe. And, yeah, yeah and it's, it's just, just like... another example of that. Yeah, it's there's, so, there's, it's so there's an obnoxious thing that, that uh, us Christians do, which is we vaguely point to uh, new, uh, 
early New Testament passages and go, see, this is why Jesus agrees with me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fair, just all, like all, kind all of, aspects of the church it's also it, like but we do it in the laziest ways. Um, it's also like kind of funny to me, just like, um, like the line with like Jesus um, saying, you see, Judaism and Christianity are just from the same religious source. And then like somebody saying in Islam too. And he's like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just like not talk about that for now. And it's just like, it's very interesting to me just because like, you know, um, that, that actually does work just a bit because like evangelicals like, and Catholics at this point in this country do tend to be like, ah, yes, we have a Judeo-Christian heritage, which we affirm against Islam. And, like, the funny thing about it is that, like, the whole Judeo-Christian thing is actually most represented by Peter learning that his wife is Jewish and then just, like, going overboard trying to be Jewish. Because, like, um, if you've ever, like, interacted with, like, right-wing evangelicals, they have just, like, this insane fetish for Jews. Well, well, it's it's also yes. like how, oh, for sure. in, in, and this is something I've seen from like European Christians like reacting to America, like what what space Jesuit, like I saw this of like complete surprise of like wait, so like a lot of American Protestants and Christians just like do Jewish state cedars before Easter Sunday. That's just a thing they do, I guess. Like it's it's um, Judeo Christian values is is a very American brain rot, and Seth MacFarlane has nothing to say about that that sort of mentality because he. He, he, he is merely, like, he, he has no greater understanding of religion other than, like, a 2012 YouTuber. Like, like Seth MacFarlane is basically T.J. Kirk. Um, Felix, were you going to add something about evangelicals and Jews? Oh, no, I was just agreeing. But I, I, I do think um, the and Muslims thing is interesting because, yeah, I was wondering whether it was, like, a self-aware joke about Judeo-Christianism or... More likely, I mean, Seth MacFarlane is more than anything. He's a natsec lib. That's we've called him a Bill Maher. Yeah, we've talked like, about maybe that. Maybe he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. We we stole yeah. the line from Adam Fried uh, from uh, Nick, the uh, in-your-face liberal type of thing. Yeah. So the uh, like the interesting thing about them, uh, I remember these guys a lot, was that their argument over Bush was it that you know war is evil, that empire is evil. It's- War is stupid. It's a, yeah, they yeah that Bush yeah. is doing a bad job. That he's being like, yes, exactly. he's doing a bad job running the CIA, and that's another reason why Seth became a Buttigieg. Yeah, guy. Right. Uh, I just because we, we want the CIA terrible, run red. The, the classic yeah. trot to Neil Khan pipeline. Yeah, I think it's just like you know. Well, I mean, and there was, <laughs> and I feel like there was like a ten-year the theater like, kids in Neil Khan pipeline. Like, yes, yeah. remember just no, like the Palestinian alarm clock joke? What? Oh, the Palestinian alarm clock joke. God. That's this oh. season. We're going to have to talk about that. Yeah, I'm remembering, like, yeah, I'm just, like, remembering. I think I might be in, like, a uniquely qualified position to talk about this episode just because, like, the whole plot is Lois, an Irish Catholic, discovering she's actually Jewish. And I'm just, like, remembering the time I was 10 years old when my Irish mother, who was a Catholic until, like, her parents discovered that, like, the um, priest... Like, until her, like, grandparents, like, decided the priest was, um, like, the priest told my my great-grandparents, like, uh, your baby is going to hell because um, you had a miscarriage and you didn't baptize. So, like, then my 
great grandfather just punched the priest priest out and just decided to become like a congregationalist instead because it was the shortest drive like just learning from my mother when i was like 10 that like oh by the way uh i don't know if you know this but like we have cousins named like moshe ben moshe de leon and uh nana and papa just like kept kosher their entire lives and i was like wait what the fuck (laughs) i um yeah, no, I I wanted to add about the Muslim joke is that we, we've discussed this a lot in the last couple of seasons because the show starts talking about... The Iraq about the, War happened. Mm. Yeah, the Iraq War happened, and we, we've I've kind of coined the term the, the, the racism-anti-racism tension in the show where they, like, make fun of racism, but they're also, like, extremely racist at the same time. Like, the joke, obvious... I feel like the joke with Jesus at the end is that, you know... Christians and Jewish people, uh, even though it's Islam's an Abrahamic religion, they don't respect Muslims. But I also think like that's what you believe. Also, oh, no, uh, there was there was like a and what I was trying to say earlier. There was like a ten year period where it's like people you know, liberals could admit that the Iraq War was like stupid and mishandled, but they still were like they thought every person whose skin was like lighter than see, you know literally pale was like going to bomb their yeah. house see, see spencer yeah. you call that racist yeah. uh versus ant being anti-racist i call that being a joe biden book <laughs> um, no but i mean but i mean really like that that for a long time no, no, t- t- you could argue even now yeah it's like the dominant liberal i mean not as much now but like the dominant liberal position for a long time was like um, all brown people are terrorists but we fucked up the iraq that, war that's that's also why like yeah Obviously, Bush has gotten a pardon by the liberal media establishment, and that is disgusting. But I think it's also worth noting that 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 same reason why Bush has gotten a pass is why Cheney also kind of hasn't and has been forced into the darkness because he's too openly evil. Yeah. Um, Just like Bush can just... Bush can, like, just... Like, my mother, like, used to meet famous people all the time, and, like, she, like, talked to Bush for, like, a few minutes at one point, like at some sort of, like, Republican Party event or something. And she was like, you know, Bush actually isn't that stupid. He just knows that he, if he plays stupid, he can avoid accountability and just, like, shift everything to Cheney. And it worked. Yeah. yeah. And, I, that was, and that was a big part of, like, both of his terms, yeah. I, um, do we have anything else to add about these last two episodes um, before we head out? I, I... I kind of, I'll be honest, I kind of enjoyed both of them. They're not, like, yeah. top-shelf family guy, but I, I had fun with both of them. Middle of the road for each season, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I th- I think this is nothing, but I, I think maybe, except for, like, a, one or two cameos later, this is the last, like, real appearance of Francis in the show, which is a shame, because yeah. oh. being Irish Catholic, I'm a big Francis fan, yeah. but... For, well, yeah. Fran- Francis but, I mean, feels weird kind of in that, like, lived, a lot of his yeah. jokes feel aimed at Protestants, but Seth MacFarlane doesn't know the differences between any Abrahamic right. religion, so... Oh, I mean, uh, also he grew up. One, in one, one more thing Rhode I wanted Island, to reference: the, um, the Dagobah system joke. It's good to know, like, no matter who's running the company, like what time period it's in, tacky Star Wars jokes will always be unfunny. Uh, look forward yeah. to the Blue Harvest bonus this episode. Yeah. We're gonna have to do a whole bonus episode okay. with um yeah we were with a uh, special guest on the three Star Wars Family Guy episodes. There are only three to rewatch Star Wars. I just think it's kind of funny, like, just as an example of, like, the character incongruity, 
just like Stewie being like extremely anti-Semitic for like almost all of his character arc throughout the show and then just like in this one episode like perfectly pronouncing the Hebrew blessing over the candles um <laughs> Well, yeah, they, they, they could have like that is, whatever. Days. That's that's good enough. Yeah, yeah they, well, I mean, we we need a we need a hop off, but like there there is something that is very like the, we've talked about it before, like the plasticity of Family Guy characters, where it's like, yeah, like they really do not. And Felix was saying this earlier, where they do not have like any logical consistency. I, I guess that's that doesn't. That's like in, in yeah. some way. Then I guess that's the final thing I have to say about this: that McFarlane and the other show I liked when I was a kid. Uh, is he's sort of a mirror to Aaron Sorkin because they both have a similar theory. Sorkin's theory is that characters are the things that get in the way of plot. McFarlane's theory is right. that characters are the thing that gets in the way of jokes. Neither of them particularly <laughs> yeah. likes characters. Yeah. It's it's the same theory, but just for a different yeah. genre. That's Jesus Christ. They're very yeah. good, very good analysis. Which which was why it felt hyper It was hyper real when they did a parody of the West Wing like walk and talk thing because it was just oh my like God. They're the okay, same this is, show. This is Yeah, you're the same show yeah. with just like like different target audiences. It's audience. literally just yeah. a different genre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just um, like family. Oh, that's such a fucking good observation. It's just like the West yeah. Wing is just like um the West Wing is just like the same like liberal um bad writing. Except, like, the major difference with it is just, it goes, like, it's supposed to be, like, noble and didactic and just going, like, yes, we are having faith in our institutions, whereas Family Guy is just, like, yeah, um... Faith in our institutions is, like, what we need. Um, And then just, like, some character farting for, like, ten seconds straight. Yeah. I, I'm that will about do it in our institutions, but they're also gay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that'll I think that'll about do it for the episode. Yeah. Uh, Angie, do you have anything to plug for real this time? Uh, yeah, I'm working on a new album, actually. Um, and I'm on it. Yeah, you're going to be um, oh, quite cool. literally on it. You're going to be doing saxophone shit on it. Um, and uh, I, as I mentioned, I released an EP earlier this year so if you want something that does not sound at all like the songs that I've done for this podcast you should definitely check it out it's um it's uh it's titled set my body on fire and I have no idea what the new album will be titled but it's 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 more in the style of the Cleveland show yeah 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 Um, a bit of American dad in there uh, Felix, for the the four people who listen to our show and don't also know of you, uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, not anything I can think of right now. I I have something I'd like to plug. Oh, um, go ahead, Andy. Uh, it's it's two weeks old at this point, but if you go to www.patreon.com/tgofv, uh, you can find our Patreon. We have a Patreon finally. Uh, shout out to all ten of our patrons. Uh, give us money, please. Andy, uh, this is a bonus episode. Okay, I do. Yeah, they. Well, for the, the people Patreon that are pirating right? it. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. For the for the for the for the my IRL friends who I sent this to, uh, support us for on Patreon. Okay, I do have I do have a closing statement. Yeah. 
Um, Family Guy is ultimately an interesting show because it is very clear that it was uh, created as part of Project Monarch. It's like the thing that you show like the child slaves in order to ensure that they're constantly dissociating um, and not like thinking about anything. And like it has trigger words embedded like in all of the cutaway gags to make sure that like the child assassin slave just like... Shoots the right person. I thought and it's literally the and it's like part of Gladio. Clockwork Orange reference, Angie. What? Yeah, this the Clockwork Orange reference. The the scene in that movie where he's um tied up, where he's his eyes are forced to watch all of the media. It's it's that, but it's Family Guy. Yeah. Um. I I I do want to say um I just do not know the Ladino equivalent of um Zolzayan mit Glick. Actually, I probably do. Um yeah, I just I'm I'm not sure. So this was those good old-fashioned values, everyone. Uh thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, guys. My pleasure. Yeah, love to have you. Felix will have you back um soon enough to talk about Jeffrey now, right? from now when we do season 10 and cover yeah. the uh what's the name of Cragmire? The story of Brenda Q. Oh, Jeffrey Fiekelman. Oh, God, that'll be yeah. great. Okay, yes, yeah, I, I can't fun. wait to talk about Jeffrey Fiekelman. I am, I have a lot of thoughts it's about Jeffrey scary. Fiekelman. It's, uh, it's also known as uh, the end of Family Guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the Prince and the Popper for Family Guy. What a disappointing promise. And we're still five seasons away from covering Brian's death. Holy shit, there's so oh, much shit. Family Guy left to cover. Yeah. Well, that's gonna do it. Thank you all to yeah. all of our uh, Patreon uh, patrons. Uh, we're already, I'm already incredibly surprised at how generous people have been, and uh, it's just it means a lot. Uh, it means that we're not actively losing money doing this show, and uh, I think it's great. Anyways, uh, Angie, yeah. Felix, thanks for coming on. Although Thank Angie, you. you're in my house Thank right so now, much, so yeah. you don't have a choice. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I was forced to do, do this. Uh, he used, like, the same monarch techniques that I was, like, trying to avoid to, in order to get me to do this. Anyway. Good night, everybody. Sano y Bye. Night. Positively can do all the things that make us love.